0: she goes, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to write a prescription. I don't think it's going to do anything anyway, and you're not going to fill it. So what are you doing here? I was like, oh, like stabbed in the heart. Like that's what it felt like. I was like, okay. So that was the moment that I really just took a look at my life and said, you know what? This is a hundred percent my responsibility, like my health. I am the only person who's really going to care enough to do something about
1: this. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, we are diving into gut health and specifically how to rebuild the gut microbiome naturally. But before we dive in today's episode, I want to quickly share with you a contest that I'm running that you are not going to want to miss out on. In my last episode, episode 11, I shared an exclusive essential oil giveaway and there is still time to enter to win. I am giving away two of my favorite essential oils. Now I use these oils every single day and they are actually two blends that have changed my life. I am giving away a Motivate and Balance blend. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Now, Motivate is my go-to for brain fog, focus, concentration, and instant inspiration. I use it pretty much every time I sit down at my computer or need an instant energy boost throughout the day. Balance is my instant stress reset blend. You are gonna love this blend for reducing stress levels, overwhelm and this oil is incredible for maintaining homeostasis in the body i can't begin to tell you how many women have used this oil for multiple stressful emergencies and it has always worked now these two oils are my yin and yang and you are going to love them as much as i do now how to enter the balance and motivate blends simply download my simple getting started with essential oil cheat sheet that I created for you, and I talk all about this cheat sheet and the benefits for getting started with essential oils in episode 11, where I talk about the top five benefits of aromatherapy. Now, you're going to find the link to this amazing cheat sheet in the show notes on my website for this episode at drmarisa.com slash episode 12. Once you enter your information to grab the cheat sheet, you will automatically be entered to win. And I'm going to be announcing the winner during the next episode, number 13. All right, so now that you know, definitely go and enter your name to win. So let's dive into today's topic. Now, gut health has been on everyone's mind lately and for good reason. Did you know that gut inflammation can lead to inflammation all over the body? Now, a couple months ago, I was working with this amazing girl. She was 25 years old and she was experiencing a lot of anxiety and depression and brain fog, but couldn't figure out what was going on exactly. We began to look at her diet and gut health since a lot of the other things that I was looking for weren't showing up. And sure enough, she had expressed to me that she was dealing with constant gas and bloating, constipation, and several foods lit her up when she ate them. So After we cleaned up her diet through a three-week elimination program and had her incorporate fermented foods amongst other amazing gut-healing foods, the anxiety, depression, and brain fog began to lift. Now, if you are curious about food intolerance and want to dive a little bit deeper into which foods make most people sick, I want you to check out episode number six with my interview with JJ Virgin. Now JJ Virgin is the queen of understanding food intolerance and how it affects our weight and amongst other things. That is a great episode to go check out. Now today, I am featuring an amazing friend and gut expert, Summer Bach. Summer has helped thousands of people over the years to rebuild their microbiome and reclaim their health for good. And before I bring on Summer, I wanna quickly introduce her to you. Summer Bach is trained as an herbalist and master fermentationist and the founder of Guts and Glory. Summer's mission is for everyone to have stellar health naturally by healing their digestion with herbs, ferments, and foods. Her background is in microbiology and in pre-med, which has given her the perfect skill set for integrating modern research in the microbiome and connecting it with her traditional studies in herbalism and using food as medicine. She is certified in integrative nutrition through Columbia University. She is the founder of the fermentationist certification program, the probiotic power cleanse and gut rebuilding. She is a three time good food award winner and you can find her at summerbach.com. Welcome, Summer Bach, to the Essentially You podcast. Summer, honey, I am so excited to have you here today. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh my goodness, you are one of my favorite people, and I consider you the foremost expert around gut health. And my goodness, there are so many people clamoring for this information today. That is why I'm probably the most excited to have you on, is because I know that people are just desperate for this incredible information that you're gonna be sharing. Well, I'm excited too,
0: because first of all, you saved me with essential oils recently when I was really struggling. (laughs) So thank you for that. And second of all, this information is crucial. Gut health is just the foundation of of people's overall health. So I I can't wait to dive in.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to specifically be talking about rebuilding the gut microbiome naturally. So I want to jump on in because I know that you've taken a personal journey in the last at least 10 years, where you used to be pretty sick. So can you tell me a little bit about what you were going through and how you were able to heal your body and how you're operating today?
0: Yeah, so it was actually really crazy. When I was in, I don't know, it was like 2005, something like that is when this really hit the fan for me. I was allergic to everything it felt like. I mean, quite honestly, I was having reactions to walking down the laundry detergent aisle at the grocery store. I get a headache and nausea. I was allergic to all kinds of foods. I was getting heart palpitations, rashes. I had environmental allergies. Panic attacks started coming on. And that's when I knew it was really bad. I was bloated. I had all kinds of IBS. And I was in my 20s. You should not be feeling like that when you're in your 20s. And I did a cleanse. And during that time, I felt like a wool blanket was just pulled out of my brain. Like on day five, I looked around and the world was clear. I felt calm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is how normal people function. I mean, honestly, I just didn't realize how sick I was till I did that cleanse because I was just living my normal, you know? And I just was dealing with what was coming up. And I just thought so much of this stuff was normal. It's obviously not. But until you experience a moment of clarity like that, you may not totally get it. So that was my moment of clarity. And I just worked from that point forward. It hit me one day. I mean, I'm, I'm trained as an herbalist, trained in nutrition as well. And I look at the world, I think, really as an herbalist. And I, I looked at all this pollen gusting through the air one day, like it was yellow gusts. And my skin was just crawling and my eyes were watering. And I was just like cringing looking at it because I was so reactive. I mean, I was so reactive. I just wanted to like take my skin off and like set it aside. I mean, I was just so uncomfortable. And I looked at all that pollen and it just hit me. You know what? This is the world I was born in. I shouldn't be allergic to it. It doesn't even make sense. And so at that moment, I just decided okay, I'm going to cure myself of my allergies. And full steam ahead, started trying to figure it out, found out about probiotics, started taking the probiotics, asked myself what the whole food version of probiotics is. And that's when I discovered ferments. I know my ancestors weren't taking probiotic pills in order to get these probiotics into their bodies, right? I had to figure out how did they get the bacteria. And it's through fermented foods. There's many pivotal moments. You have to keep making the decision over and over again to heal. And another pivotal moment along those lines was I remember... My allergies flared up again really bad. And I went to my doctor and she said, you know, what are you doing here, Summer? I'm like, look at me. And she's like, well, we've we done your blood work. You're a healthy 20-something-year-old. And she just looked at me and she goes, you know, you know more about this than I do. And I was working with her patients. I was health coaching them and giving them a hand with their diet. I just couldn't figure out my own stuff exactly. And she goes, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to write a prescription. I don't think it's going to do anything anyway. And you're not going to fill it so what are you doing here? I was like, oh, like stabbed in the heart. Like that's what it felt like. I was like, okay. So that was the moment that I really just took a look at my life and said, you know what? This is a hundred percent my responsibility, like my health. I am the only person who's really going to care enough to do something about this. So fast forward 10 years or so, and I'm so different. I don't have multiple chemical sensitivity. My digestion works fine. (laughs) I don't get sick as often as I did. I have a lot of energy and I just have a lot of Go energy. You know, I think I was really unmotivated and kind of stuck back then. And now I just feel really clear and focused. And I absolutely love my life. And I want everybody to be able to hear this message. I want everybody to be able to experience this. And I don't want people to be settling for symptoms and chalking it up to aging. Like that's not aging. It's just a symptom. Let's get rid of it. Let's move forward. Let's be healthy. That's my big mission right now.
1: I love your mission. And I wanted to fast forward a little bit because you said one of my favorite things of all. And it was that realization, that moment when that doctor said, hey, I don't have a solution for you. And that was that pivotal moment when you realized that you had to become a boss of your own healthcare. What did that look like for you as well? I mean, clearly you have education in microbiology. You're a researcher. But what did it look like, that defining moment to say, hey, I got to dig deep. I got to figure out what's going on. How did it point you towards fermented foods? I mean, you must have known it was a gut issue.
0: Yeah, well, I I didn't know it was a gut issue right away. That's the funny thing. So a couple of things I'd say about that. First of all, baseline, it's hard to treat yourself, no matter how much you know. You know what I mean? Like, It's hard to treat yourself because you're just not very objective. And sometimes when you know too much, You want to do it all. (laughs) You are like, I should take twenty million herbs and I should take twenty million supplements. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your own body, but yeah, it's, it's you know really knowing that. So getting some outside guidance helps. Just somebody who can give you some reflection, right? Some trust that yes, you can do this. Yes, you can trust your body. Yes, keep moving forward. And I think the other piece I would say there is that in terms of what I did to really figure it out in that moment is I went online. And there wasn't a lot of information about probiotics back then. So I ended up actually digging through a lot of books, looking at these books about fermentation, about gut health. I stumbled upon Donna Gates' work. And I just kind of put it all together through reading all these various books. And I was like, okay, here's the new plan. If I am going to approach all these symptoms that I have that sort of seem unrelated I'm probably going to keep struggling. I'm going to be taking herbs for my adrenals, I'll be taking herbs for my digestion, herbs for my allergies, herbs for my liver. I'm going to be too scattered. But based on what I feel like might be happening here, if this is all connected to the gut, why don't I just scrap all of the stuff and just focus on the gut? And that was the moment when it all came together for me was just making that clear distinction. Okay, we're going to work on one organ system and we're going to work on the one that's going to have the biggest effect, the biggest needle mover in this process.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about because I know a lot of people recognize like so many, so many of the listeners here know enough to be dangerous. And we know that the gut plays such a major role in how our brain functions, emotions, I mean, name it, immune system function. Why is the gut so important? Well, the main reason is because this
0: is our most intimate interaction with our environment. I mean, there's literally like one cell away from the environment inside of your digestive system, and you're, you eat this food and it becomes you. You know, so we start making our cells out of and our tissues and everything. So that's really key to notice is like you when you touch a plant with your hand outside, that's less intimate than actually consuming it and what happens to the digestive process. And then you also have these massive quantities of probiotics and bacteria. You have this entire ecosystem growing inside of your gut called your microbiome. And that microbiome is helping your immune system to be responsive. It's creating vitamins for you on site that you absorb. And it's really creating a protective layer and keeping pathogenic organisms from being able to grow and live inside or on you. So, there's really, really big reasons that we want our microbiome to be balanced and we want it to be healthy. And the problem is that, like, our current culture has a really messed up viewpoint. Like, the way that we view, I would say, even the world and like the way we interact with the world has really affected our microbiomes. So, we use a lot of antibacterial gel. We're like, we need to sterilize everything, germs are bad. And so when we get sick, we think we need to annihilate and kill everything in our gut to make us better, right? Antibiotics, we've learned. You take antibiotics. Yes, it sterilizes your whole gut, but you'll get better. So we just, we take them. When I say we, not me, but as a culture, we take them all the time. And the problem there is then you're just annihilating all of the good guys as well. And if you make a shift into the way that's a little bit more close to how nature functions, you need to see that the gut is actually meant to be this incredibly diverse, kind of messy environment in a way. We don't need to be as clean and spotless about everything, like getting dirt on our hands and and actually getting exposed to bacteria through food Through fermented foods, yes, but also through food that's grown in really good soil that's full of bacteria instead of washing all our vegetables off. And, you know, people even go as far as really scrubbing their vegetables and trying to like wash them with soap and getting every little speck of a microorganism off of that food. Even in some instances, I see people bleaching. I (laughs) I was going to say it and then I got (laughs) nervous about saying it. Yes. And this is crazy because we're not trying to create a sterile environment. The germ theory, the idea that you catch a germ and it makes you sick is actually really outdated. And the person who came up with the germ theory, Louis Pasteur, he actually changed his mind on his deathbed. And he realized that it's, he said, the microbe is nothing. The terrain is everything. So what people need to understand is that there's actually a bio terrain, your whole system, your tissues, your blood, your gut, everything that's going on inside of your body actually has to be the right environment for these probiotics and bacteria to grow. Otherwise they can't, and then they can't thrive. And then your immune system is down. Your vitamins are down. You're going to start growing all these pathogenic organisms where they shouldn't be. And it's just going to turn you into what I call the human sewer situation. That's one of the biggest problems, like the breakdown, the pain of not having a balanced microbiome is that you end up with these microorganisms growing in your gut that shouldn't be there. And our biggest problem with them is their endotoxins. They produce all these various substances and they are very, very toxic to our system. Our liver has to filter it. It gets in our bloodstream. It triggers our nervous systems to be agitated. It's crazy making. I call it the human sewer because if you have all these bacteria that shouldn't be there growing in your gut in mass quantities, your liver becomes the water treatment plant and your bloodstream is the sewer. So it's really gnarly. It's really gross. You want that flip side. And in order to have that, you have to like create the right environment for these probiotics to grow. And that means eating the right food. It means exercising. It means having the right mindset. But it also means making sure that you're not exposing yourself to a ton of chemicals and toxins and bleach and all this other stuff in your environment that's going to be killing it off, as well as pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals is actually a really big one that interferes with the gut microbiome.
1: Right. It's not even just antibiotics, which completely wipes out, like you said, the terrain. We're talking about all prescription drugs have a detrimental effect on the terrain in the microbiome. We're talking about altering all kinds of bacteria when we're taking medications, just something to be mindful of. I just recently had one of your good friends, one of my good friends too, Lara, on here, and she was breaking down the toxic crazy in a big way. But I wanted to get back to how we can heal the gut. So let's get into fermented foods because I know a lot of people. Are She's kind of like, they're checking out sauerkraut. They're getting into some kimchi. You know, again, we're doing it because our friends said to do it. But what's the deal about fermented foods? What are some of the bigger misconceptions? So clear the air on some of this. So first
0: of all, I want to talk about what fermented foods are and why they're important. You know, sauerkraut is one of my absolute favorites. I mention it the most. And that means any fermented veggie, really. I love kimchi, I love sauerkraut. They tend to be the least allergenic. You know, there's no dairy in them. So the most amount of people can tolerate these kinds of ferments. And it's sour, right? It's sour. So why is it sour? It's not vinegar. When you're making a traditionally fermented vegetable and you're doing one that's filled with the raw probiotics, with these powerful microorganisms, that sour flavor is actually lactic acid. And that lactic acid is created by the bacteria as they ferment. So that's what fermented foods are. It's foods that have actually been predigested by bacteria. And as they're digesting that food and they're breaking down some of the starches and sugars, they're excreting carbon dioxide and they're excreting organic acids. And lactic acid is a very common one. that's produced by bacteria that, that are good for us. And this lactic acid is a natural antimicrobial. I mean, it's kind of like bacteria bleach. <laughs> that's the best way to say it. Like these bacteria use it as their way of preventing other microorganisms from growing around them, but they're completely immune to it. In fact, they thrive in it. And so when you're exposing your gut to these kinds of organic acids, it's going to start wiping out the pathogenic bacteria and the bacteria that shouldn't be there, but it's also creating more room. It's creating that bioterrain for the healthy bacteria to grow and thrive because they love that environment. So that's one really key thing to think about is like there's these amazing organic acids produced by these bacteria and those are just as good for you as the bacteria themselves. And then the other piece is that not all ferments are created equal. Beer is actually a fermented food, wine, chocolate, coffee, bread, cheese. I mean, there's so many, right? And when we're talking about this from a health standpoint, I have some favorites. I tend to lean towards ones that are more filled with the raw probiotics I say raw, I mean that it hasn't been heated, right? So it's got the amazing living probiotics in there. And I steer a little bit more clear from some of the ones that are really high in sugar, just because when people are on this route of healing their gut and they're dealing with a lot of imbalances, microbial imbalances that are internal, they really need to focus on getting just the highest quality, best ferments possible to get the balance. And then later on, they can kind of add in some of these more. I would say treat ferments potentially. I mean like the beer and the cheese and the bread that you just mentioned? Exactly. Well, because here's the thing in our culture today, again, when we think of something as healthy, we're like, oh my gosh, more is better. And I, I went through that. When I first learned about ferments, I just started fermenting everything and I was eating everything like crazy. And honestly, it was good until it was bad. I kind of overdid it, you know? And I just don't want people to make that same mistake. Like just treat it as a condiment You know, you can have it every day, but you don't need to eat bowl after bowl of it. And my favorite ones for you guys to try out are definitely sauerkraut or fermented veggie. That's just, you've got to try this one. Um, In fact, I'd love for you to learn how to make it because we'll talk about that later. There's a really good reason why I think everybody should make it. And then another one that I love is coconut water kefir. So it's made with coconut water and it's made with kefir grains. This is another really fantastic dairy-free probiotic rich ferment. And then there's also dairy kefir. So for people who can tolerate dairy, I actually think it's one of the highest quality ferments out there. Those are some of my absolute favorites. And then I will say one little thing about alcohol, which I found interesting. The American Gut Project, they actually found that people who drink once or twice per week tend to have more microbial diversity than those who don't. Mm-hmm. So there are actually a support for this. Okay, so and what kind of alcohol would you recommend? I recommend whatever works well for you. You know, I think people sometimes ignore their symptoms, ignore their bodies and what they're saying, but it depends on whether they have yeast problems or not. If they have yeast problems, I wouldn't recommend alcohol. You kinda gotta clean that up. But I would say like clear alcohol is like clear liquor is gonna be A better option for a lot of people who are on this healing journey. Maybe some red wine here and there, possibly like a higher quality beer. You don't want to use this as me saying, hey, you can drink every day. I'm saying when you do, just know that you're not totally hurting yourself. You could be adding to microbial diversity.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I think that's fun. I was just actually, we were in Kentucky and in Tennessee and Alex wanted to check out a couple of the bourbon factories. And we were seeing how they were fermenting the beer and then into the bourbon. It was a really intriguing process to be there with the big, big vats. Totally. Oh, it's fascinating. I mean, and you're there using yeah. organisms. Yes. To do this. Yeah. It was so crazy. Like 10,000 gallon. It was incredible. And I, I thought, because we were so close to you, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about the fermentation process. But specifically, I know we're not focusing on alcohol today, but at, that was the last time that I had been around a fermentation process at that capacity. It was really intriguing. The one ferment I've made is the dairy kefir which we were using on our green smoothies for over a year. I loved making that. Eventually I end up killing it off, but I loved that process. It was a lot of fun to do it. I'm so glad that we're going to talk a little bit about your reasoning for everyone should make it at least once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We
0: have been trained to really see the environment as germy, <laughs> you know, dirty. It's germy. We don't want a part of it. And what we're doing with ferments is we're actually taking these food products and we're sitting them either on our counters or in a cupboard somewhere at room temperature for at least a day, if not a, a month or two, and we're letting them just quote unquote rot, right? Like controlled rot is what fermentation really is. But we're letting it just sit there In the, da- the health department calls it the, the danger zone where the most pathogenic organisms grow the fastest. And so what mm-hmm. we know about this is just like, we've been taught this our whole lives. Like if something sits out too long on the counter, what do you do? You toss it. If your fridge goes out for like three hours, people start tossing everything in their fridge, right? We're, t- we're so afraid of bacteria, these little invisible creatures. And so what I've noticed is that when you make your first ferment, you literally have to retrain your brain in order to put that in your mouth and eat it. And I don't, did you ever experience that at all? Were you ever a little bit like nervous?
1: I mean, as you know, we are, we're kind of similar. I was a biochemist for many years and I learned very early that germs are everywhere. And then that eating dirt is actually a win. I and mean, I had learned a little bit about the importance of the gut terrain after I had obliterated my gut through antibiotics when I was younger and having to rebuild that. And so for me, I had such a fun time making that fermentation and kind of watching it as a scientist, but knowing that we really needed to recultivate a healthier gut. So I guess I wasn't as freaked out as some people. I've done some other scarier experiments before.
0: (laughs) Do you want to share one?
1: When I used to work at the laboratory, when I was a biochemist, I used to work on some pretty crazy projects. And honestly, most of the time, those projects, I didn't even know exactly what I was working on. They were secret. So I was just given the assignment. But I I would work with viral DNA. I was working with bacterial DNA. We were replicating all different types of proteins. So I worked with some really scary bacteria back in the day for projects, again, that I didn't know much about. Um, Yes, that is scary. (laughs) I get that. Well,
0: that's really fascinating to me. And I think that's a really perfect example because what you were actually working with was scary. And yet people react like that in their own kitchen with that same level of fear. And so I think it's just really important to know that you need to learn how to do it safely. You need to learn how to do it properly. But like breaking through this barrier of all of your social training is going to change everything. I was working with one of my fermentationists recently and we were on one of our group calls and she said, I have a celebration I really want to share. She goes, you know, I've been OCD my entire life and I did this program and I'm no longer OCD. And she's like, this is a really big deal. She's like, I learned how to trust my body and I learned how to trust my immune system. And I learned how to make my body strong enough by having the right bacteria in it and eating these right foods. She's like, I could actually drop a fork on the ground, pick it up, wipe it off with my shirt. Normally, she'd have to put it in the dishwasher.
1: Yeah. And how many people feel that they have to do that? A ton. I mean, this is big. I have a ton
0: of friends who antibacterial gel all over their children and all over their hands all day long. And this is not good. I mean, if you, there's some amazing story from the Hudza people who are a tribe in Africa and they're like going on a hunting expedition. And I, th- I can't remember what the, I think it's like the food project. I'd have to look it up, the exact name, something food project. And this guy was out there with them and all the guys went on this hunt and they go and they get this animal, some sort of antelope and kill it. And right there in the field, slice it all up, get it all ready to take back. And then when they got done, they took the intestines of this animal, cut them open and took all the contents, all the grass that was being fermented by all the bacteria in their gut and took all of that and rubbed it all over their hands. And that's how they wiped off all the blood. And I'm just, I'm blown away by this story because this is the perfect example of actually living in harmony with bacteria. I know it's a really grotesque story for some people to hear, but this is a perfect example of actually how being in touch with the dirt is. They're saying, okay, we're going to get all these bacteria that are inside their gut and we're going to rub them all over our hands. And that's going to prevent us from getting any pathogenic problems happening here from the blood. And then they go home, they go back to their village and they hug everybody with their like bacterial covered hands. They give all these hugs and kisses. And now they've inoculated the entire village with all of this bacteria from this antelope's gut. And this story just blows my mind every time. I mean, I just, I think about it. I'm like, that's amazing. Like these are people that are not afraid of microorganisms, right? They're not living in fear and it shows in their gut health. They have a major diversity. And I've mentioned that a couple of times and I should say diversity of the gut is very important. What they have found people with low microbial diversity, meaning they don't have as many kinds of bacteria in their gut, have a higher propensity for diabetes, obesity allergies, asthma, inflammatory bowel disease, autoimmunity, autoimmunity. Thank you. That was a big one. I knew there was one more in there and that's exactly right. This, this is a very big deal. So this low diversity is a problem. And so really your goal as a human in today's society is to figure out how to increase the microbial diversity in your gut. How do you get more bacteria to grow there? What do you need to eat to feed more bacteria? Because you can't just take probiotics and expect the microbial diversity to come back. You can't just eat fermented foods and expect the microbial diversity to come back. There's more to it. Because when you're talking about hundreds of different species of bacteria, you look at good sauerkraut has anywhere from 13 to 23 different probiotics in it. Most probiotics have anywhere from like two to maybe 14 probiotics, different kinds of probiotics in them. And a lot of those are even the same genus. So there's not even that diverse. And then you look at how people actually grow the kinds of microorganisms in their gut. A lot of it's from the dirt. A lot of it's from soil that's on food that they eat. And a lot of it is just from the kinds of food they're eating. It will trigger certain bacteria to grow. So people cannot just rely on their probiotic supplements and their ferments and expect it to be enough to get this diversity.
1: I love your reasoning and your rationale around people making their own ferments at home at least once because it does. It changes the way that we look at our environment because you're right. We grew up in this germaphobe type of environment However, after one has done it, let's say me as an example, let's say I fermented for a while and I just haven't had the time. I'm traveling all the time. What would you recommend if I I was at a point where I was purchasing my fermented foods?
0: Check out the ones that are in the refrigerated section. That's where you're going to find the live probiotic ferments. Okay. Let's talk about fermented veggies like kimchi and sauerkraut. No vinegar. You want it to stay unpasteurized. Mm -hmm. And if you want to take it a level further, you know, if you listen to Laura Adler's talk about toxins, if you want to take it a level further, you'll make sure that they didn't ferment it in plastic. So you want to buy it in a glass jar. And you you may even want to do a little bit of research and find out is that company actually fermenting in plastic or not. There are some companies that do and there are some companies that don't. So that's some of the things I would look for. And then in terms of Water kefir stuff like that, like the coconut water kefir. There's a couple companies out there that have really great coconut water kefir. Enerico is a really nice one. There's another one that I got at Whole Foods, and I can never remember the name, but you can look for that. It's it's fantastic, and that's the main two I was I would actually start with the dairy kefir that's at the store is not true dairy kefir. So when you were making your own dairy kefir at home, Marisa, that was real dairy kefir. That's the kind that's studied. That's the kind that shows the most amazing health benefits. The kind that they make industrially is actually just made very similarly to yogurt. It's using these freeze-dried organisms, and they're only adding usually one or two organisms to just make the milk sour, but they're not making it in the traditional way, so you're not really getting that health benefit. If you really want that amazing health benefit of dairy kefir and you can do dairy, you've got to make it yourself at home you just good do. To know.
1: Good to know. Cause there <laughs> is a lot of dairy keeper quote unquote at the whole foods or Not the natural real. food stores. And good, good to know. Cause I know it's a hip thing to purchase for their family and for their kids. And so I see it flying off the shelves and I was like, gosh, it doesn't, I, I just didn't know, you know, I had made it and I've always been told that you need to make that. So it's never something I've purchased personally. We just stick with the krauts and the kimchi's in glass containers, just like you said, But I've noticed that those dairy kefirs, those are the things that people want to purchase. So this is such great information. Well, you also might notice I haven't mentioned kombucha at all. No, you have not. And that's kind of on purpose because
0: kombucha, when it comes down to it, you're looking at the probiotic profile, it's just not
1: the best option. So is there any benefits to drinking kombucha except for the fact that it's fizzy and it tastes sweet and we want to say that it's a probiotic? Yeah,
0: I do think there are benefits to drinking kombucha. I mean, it has a lot of those organic acids that I talked about. Mm -hmm. So it is going to help create the right terrain. And I think it's a good gateway ferment. Agreed. So would it be more of a prebiotic, like it's helping to support the bacteria? This might sound weird, but it's more of a natural antibiotic. Okay, got it. So it's clearing the way for the bacteria to thrive. It's clearing away very specifically the bad bacteria. The caution I would use with kombucha is for people with candida or yeast infections, diabetes, alcoholism. I would avoid kombucha in those circumstances because it can be a trigger for those people. It's also higher in sugar. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the kind that's bought in the store, they usually have to pasteurize it first. So then they add probiotics after the fact. And that's really the only thing making it probiotic. And they usually only add one species and it's a spore forming bacteria. So, I mean, it's okay, but it's just, if you look at that as your probiotic or your probiotic ferment, it's not, it's more of a, I almost want to say like an aperitif, which is, you know, like something that helps support digestion before or after a meal. And maybe for somebody whose digestion is a little bit sluggish, or they're just trying to figure stuff out, start with one to four ounces, and just drink a little bit before or after a meal to get things moving, get things going, get things livened up, get those organic acids starting to do their thing. But my recommendation with kombucha is not to drink 16 ounces a day. It's too much. And it's not what we were ever intended to do with it. And we live in a super-sized me culture.
1: <laughs> it's, well, they come in super-sized me containers now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like a liter. I've seen. I know. It's crazy. It's too much.
0: We don't need that much, you know, with any ferments, you don't need that much. I I was talking to a nurse and she was drinking it every night before her shift. And then she she worked in the ER and then she realized, oh my gosh, I'm basically getting drunk every night before work. I mean, and not like full on drunk. There's not quite as much alcohol. As long as you're not getting the black label one, you're not getting enough alcohol to quite call it that. But she doesn't drink at all. She's kind of sensitive to alcohol. And she was like, this is why I I was loving it. She's like, it
1: felt so good. (laughs) It made that late night... (laughs) Um yes. shift more bearable. That's hilarious. Oh my goodness. I know. <laughs> I would love for you. You have shared some incredible stories, but I wanted to know, I know you've got so many amazing stories, but would you be willing to share a story of someone you have worked with to restore their microbiome? And tell me a little bit about their results. I know that one story about someone overcoming OCD, that's huge. Cause that's an emotional and, and cognitive component. But any other stories you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. So this was in like the past year. I've got so many stories. Oh my gosh. I'm
0: like, I want to tell you all of them. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Within the past year, I worked with this guy, Jeff, and he had been on a journey for about four years to heal his body because previous to that, he was in a lot of pain. He had severe back spasms and back pain and his doctors couldn't figure out what it was. They actually told him it was in his head and he was really overweight and his wife was too. So he was really trying to figure out his journey to healthy and he'd been working on it for, yeah, about maybe four years. And then we started working together and within a very short amount of time, he was getting amazing results. Some of the basic stuff, like obviously like his gas and bloating went away, which was great. I mean, he was able to tell a difference immediately in his digestion. He started to lose a little bit more weight, which he was happy about. But then he had some really like what I would say surprising symptom changes. So he didn't have a sense of smell. And after a couple months in the program, he got his sense of smell back. So that was mind boggling and amazing. I mean, I was like, that's just, I've never heard that symptom before. I don't, I don't work with that many people who don't have a sense of smell. So I haven't had the opportunity to know how effective it is for that. But I thought that was really cool. And he just noticed a lot of little things like his earwax was really runny as he was getting older. And then it started getting like sticky and kind of more like it was when he was a kid he also got to a point where he got his energy and his musculature back. Like he was able to pick a TV up and like lifted it up seven feet and like do all this stuff. And he couldn't even lift anything over his head before that. Right. So he just continually writes me. I I probably get a new message from him every month still telling me about how good he feels and how he's getting stronger and how, This has been so powerful and beneficial for him. And this is all just focusing on getting his digestion back. Like literally, I didn't do anything for his smell. I didn't do anything for his muscles. I didn't, you know, I didn't work on that with him. We just worked on getting the right probiotics into his diet. We worked on getting him to eat the right foods to feed that bioterrain. And then we did some work with herbs to help him clear out bacteria and yeast that shouldn't be there. And and even we did an anti-parasite cleanse with him too. And just 100% focused on that. And he got so much better and he's stoked. He says he's my number one fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you're kind of my number one fan because I love seeing that this just everyday person can figure this out.
1: I love it. I love it. And we just don't know and we forget how inextricably connected the gut is to everything in the body. And I'm so glad that you laid the groundwork for that earlier in this interview, because it really is our second brain. I mean, there's so much that it's interconnected to. And this particular story really highlights all of the different benefits it can be. And no wonder that it was the focus for you when you decided that you were going to get very serious about your health. Yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, if I had to say like one of the biggest benefits that I see across the board with people that's not digestive related, when they do gut rebuilding and they do that work, they see an increase in energy. That's the most fascinating symptom for me, that symptom shift to more energy from like fatigue and and just kind of feeling dull. Mm,
1: And I bet it has a lot to do with just feeding our mitochondria the right foods. Clearly, they're not getting what they need. Clearly, there's a disconnect between what we're consuming and what's going into the cell and how we're fueling those mitochondria absolutely I love it well I have one more question for you and this is this is my question that i i've been just loving to share and so I want to know because these listeners want to know what you're doing to be the rock star that you are so can mm-hmm. you share one daily habit or a natural solution whatever it may be that you do every single day that is the needle mover like what you would consider to be the needle mover for your health and wellness
0: i i have like 20 things that i do <laughs> All right, girl, we got to pick one. (laughs) It's changed throughout my healing journey. I'll be honest. But I would say right now, my biggest needle mover that I work on every single day is on staying calm and relaxed in every situation I encounter. And this has everything to do with the gut. Stress is tremendously harmful for the gut. You can wipe out bacteria just by being stressed. And changing your whole chemistry, your biochemistry in your body by being stressed out, it causes disease, it causes chronic illness. It's the worst thing you can do for your body. And I spent a ton of my life, like especially the first half of my life, I spent in a state of fight or flight all the time. I was in survival mode. You know, I had just like a tumultuous childhood and literally was just in fight or flight. Every day felt like life or death. And being sick like I was felt like life or death. You know, every food I was going to eat, I didn't know, was I going to react to it or not? Like it was so uncomfortable. And so I've spent the last few years just really focused on, okay, how do I stay relaxed in every situation? How do I set my life up to where I feel relaxed and I don't feel overstimulated and fight or flight? And it's really infused every part of my life that means I have to save a certain amount of money. It means that I have to eat at the set times per day. I have to do yoga. I have to like do all these other things. But if I focus on that relaxed piece, everything else really does seem to fall in
1: place. I love it. Oh my goodness! And and easier said than done. My yeah. gosh, you know, so many of the listeners. I know you guys are feeling like you're in survival mode, and you're going from one thing to the next. And it is very much a skill set that we all should learn, especially understanding the the repercussions it has on the gut. I just came back from Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny, and that was specifically all we connected with is how to lead with our heart and not lead with our mind. Because so our mind leads to fear, worry, doubt, survival. So it just leads us into a detriment in terms of our health and wellness and everything else, right? When you're living in that frame of mind, things just don't go the way that you want them to.
0: You're right. It's easier said than done because relaxing means that you have to take control of every aspect of your life and realize that it's, it's really your decision.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you have the most incredible bonus. I know a lot of people want to know how to make their own sauerkraut, given that that is one of the two of the ferments that you recommend. And you have, I mean, my gosh, you are such a source of information. If you want to check out Summer, you just want to go to summerbach.com So that's S-U-M-M-E-R-B-O-C-K.com. And she's got so many great Videos, information. Her blog is incredible. But this video is going to be how to make sauerkraut video. It's going to be in the show notes. But you're going to go to drmarisa.com/ferment. The link will be in the show notes. Please, when you get a chance after you've listened to this interview, go to our website, download the link, so that you can take a look at the video on how to make sauerkraut for yourself. Because I said summer went down that road where it literally changes your paradigm on how you think about how our bodies are fed, how our gut functions, it really gives us a very different viewpoint on the microbiome and, and how we work in our environment. You
0: know, it's a tutorial, it's a demo of me teaching you how, and I walk through all the steps and I'll teach you tricks of the trade and give you recipes for how to make it yourself. But yeah, that moment where you make it at home and you eat it yourself, that's the life changer right there.
1: Yes. Well, thank you, honey. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your incredible wisdom with us.
0: That was my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for creating this amazing podcast for everyone.
1: Thank you, honey. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. One of my favorite insights about today's interview was how quickly we can begin to rebuild our gut by simply incorporating fermented foods into our diet each day. And summer makes it so easy. If you are ready to start healing your gut today, I want to invite you to check out summer's amazing gift, How to Make Sauerkraut Video. Now, we learned to make sauerkraut from Summer's video last year, and it was really easy to do. I know you're going to love this video as much as we did. Now, you can find the link to Summer's gift in the show notes for this episode on my website, drmarisa.com slash episode 12. That is d-r-m-a-r-i-z-a dot com slash episode number 12. I want to thank you so much for stopping by and listening in on the Essentially You podcast. Coming up in the next episode, I'm going to be sharing my top 10 daily rituals for optimal hormone balance. You are going to love just how simple it is to begin to balance your hormones and your body with rituals that I'm going to be sharing. And you are especially going to love ritual number eight. Well, until then, I hope that you have a beautiful day and that you continue to love your body. See you soon. Bye.